Today, I have a full-on masterclass for you. We are going to talk about seven ways that people get stuck when they're figuring out their next career step. I have taken hundreds of hours of coaching, and I've distilled it down to my absolute best insights, the most common problems that my clients run into when they're figuring out their next career step, and the simplest, most actionable ways to solve those problems and get unstuck. So I want you to save this video, bookmark it, and come back to it again and again, because this is literally a comprehensive diagnostic and action planning tool for your entire job search and career change process. Keep this guide in your pocket. And every time you run into a problem, come here, diagnose it, do what I tell you to do, get unstuck, and then keep on moving. All right, let's jump in. Now, figuring out your next career step is not a complicated problem. I can guarantee that you've already solved harder, more complex problems than what should my next job be. So why do people get so stuck and confused and spun out by this question? The real issue is not that this is hard to figure out, but that people have emotional cobwebs clouding their problem-solving ability and keeping them stuck. I wrote an article on emotional cobwebs, which is linked above. So here are the seven most common ways people get stuck when they're figuring out what to do next in their career and simple, practical ways to unstick yourself today. Way number one, you think you've made mistakes in your past career decisions. In the past, you've thought carefully about which job to take, you sought advice, you talked to people, you made a thoughtful, analytical decision that you believed was right at the time. And then things didn't turn out the way you expected. The job was bad, you didn't like it as much as you thought you would, the people turned out to be terrible, et cetera, et cetera. So now you're making another change. People get stuck when they look at their past and they think, I must be doing something wrong, and they lose faith in their own decision-making capabilities. If you doubt your ability to make good career decisions, or you're embarrassed or ashamed of the quote-unquote mistakes you've made in the past, it will keep you stuck. You cannot figure this out if you don't trust your own ability to figure this out. So let me give you a different way to think about your past career decisions. All those cycles of, I think this is it. Wait, never mind. I was wrong. Now I think it's this. Wait, never mind. I was wrong. That's your career journey going right. Your career is not an intellectual problem that you figure out once and then you just set it and forget it until you retire. Your career is constant adjustment in the face of constant change and new data. You change. Your priorities shift, you learn new things about yourself, you have new interests and new values that arise for you. The world changes, pandemics happen, markets shift, new technologies develop, and the people you work for change. Companies reorganize, goals and objectives shift, people leave, new people arrive. Every career decision in your past represents your best hypothesis for that situation given the data you had at the time. And every time you make a change, that was you updating your hypotheses based on new data for a new situation. 
So you haven't been making mistakes. You've been conducting a years-long hypothesis testing, data gathering experiment, and you've only gotten better, stronger, and smarter through it all. All those so-called mistakes, they aren't a sign that you can't trust yourself. They are concrete learnings that you've gained through robust experiments, and they're the exact reason that you can trust yourself. So here's what I want you to do if this is you and you're stuck in this way. Rewrite the story. All those things that you think are pitfalls and past mistakes, what specifically did you learn from them? How do they inform your thinking now? How are you better equipped to find your next job than you ever were before? If you can change the way you feel about your past, you'll be well on your way to figuring out your future. Now, here's way number two that people get stuck when they're thinking about their next career step. You think that you don't know what you want. Now, I don't know what I want is a bald-faced lie. You do know what you want. If I started just suggesting different career paths to you right now, you would instantly be able to tell me which of those paths sound good and which of those paths sound terrible. Your internal compass is alive and well. Now, if you want more clarity on what you want, I've written an article that has five exercises you can do to gain more clarity, and I've linked it above. Or literally just take a guess. If you did know what you wanted, what would it be? I guarantee the answer is already in your brain. 99% of the time, what people need is not more clarity on what they want, but more courage to own what they already know that they want. The real blocker here is not that you don't know, but that you think you shouldn't want what you want. Your brain will tell you, it's silly, it's not practical, nobody does that, I'll fail at it, it's not what you're supposed to do. And those are all issues that you can tackle and address, but you can't address them if you hide behind the lie that you don't know what you want. So let me give you two practical ways to own what you want. First, address your brain's objections on paper or out loud by talking to someone. If your brain says it's silly, how is it not silly? If your brain says it's not practical, how is it practical? If your brain says nobody does that, who does do that? Build the logical case for why what you want makes total sense. And the second way to own what you really want, find people like you. If you're the only one that you know who wants what you want, you will feel like a crazy person. And this isn't a moral failing on your part. There's a great series of psychology experiments by Solomon Ash, which I've linked to above, that show how people bow down to group pressure, even when the group is saying something that is obviously factually wrong. So no matter how sophisticated or evolved you might be, there is a part of your animal brain that just feels uncomfortable when you're the only one in a group that thinks a certain way. And you don't even have to fight against this part of yourself. Just go find other people that think like you. Remove the social pressure element from your thinking just for a few hours and see what's left. Now here's way number three that people get stuck. You think you're not qualified to get what you want. You're clear on what you want 
and you're 100% certain that no one would ever hire you for that job. Your resume doesn't look right, you don't have the right experience, the hiring market is so competitive, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Believing this story is a surefire way to get stuck. Because if you know what you want, but you're convinced that you can't get it, what are your options? Downsize your dreams and live in grumpy resentment. But I don't want you to do that. Instead, let me give you two ways to build your belief that you are qualified to get what you want. Here's the first way. Look to your processes, not to your outcomes. Let's say you want to get into investing, but you've never closed any deals before. Your brain will tell you, you haven't done it, therefore you're not qualified. And this is an outcome-based approach to qualifications. If you've delivered these exact results before, you're ready. If you haven't, go do something else. But let me give you a hot take. Nobody is hired for their past results. Everybody is hired for their current and future processes. If a fund hires a rockstar investor who's closed 100 deals in the past, that fund doesn't get any tangible value from the past deals the investor has closed. Those deals were all made for someone else. The fund looks at this investor's 100 past deals and assumes she must have a great process for identifying, structuring, and closing deals. And if she applies that process while working for us, she'll create value for us too. The fund is hiring this investor for her current and future process. The past outcomes are just a proxy for this person has a good process. So even if you haven't delivered the exact outcomes that this job will ask you to deliver, dig into your processes. How do you approach, how do you approach problems? How do you break things down, prioritize, analyze, synthesize, and get something from A to Z? And how can you build the case for yourself that you are qualified to do what you want to do based on your processes? The second way to build your belief that you're qualified and you're ready is to get out of the classroom model of success. The classroom model of success is this. First, you get a lesson, you study the lesson really hard, and then you take the test. So if you get an A on the test, that means you're successful. The real world model of success flips this around. First, you take the test. And it's only by taking the test that you get the lesson that you can then study really hard. There is no study plan or syllabus for the real world. You can get degrees, qualifications, certifications, all those things. But the real learning happens through doing, which means the most successful people aren't the ones that study the most. They're the ones that are brave enough to take a lot of tests that they're not fully prepared for so they can learn a lot of lessons. So if you're feeling unqualified for what you want to do, good. That's the point. The only way to grow into who you want to be is to start doing stuff you're not 100% sure how to do you are on the right track. Now, here's way number four, that people get stuck in their career search. You think no one wants what you have to offer. Now, this comes up for people when they want to bring their existing skill set into a new area. You're changing industries, changing functions, going from a corporate job to running your own business, 
or you're just trying to figure out what you want to do next. You know you're good at what you do. The problem is you're used to serving your current customer base and you're not sure that your new customers will want anything to do with you. This fear keeps people stuck because they're afraid of rejection. So they just don't put themselves out there or test the waters at all. But if you don't put yourself out there, you have no option but to keep working for the same kinds of companies in the same kinds of jobs you've already been doing. And you don't wanna do that anymore. So how do you unstick yourself? You have to stop making it so personal. It's not about you. Think about it like a strategy project. Imagine if someone handed you a random product and told you to go figure out the business strategy for making this product successful and profitable. You would probably go figure out what kinds of problems is this product good at solving? What's it good at doing? What's it not as useful for? And out of all those problems it can solve, which are the high priority problems that people would pay a lot of money to solve? And then what kinds of people have those high priority problems that are really well solved by your product? Where do they hang out? How can you go reach them? And as you are going through this problem solving process, you wouldn't be stressed or nervous or apologetic about figuring this out because it's not personal. It's just a strategy project. And you can take the exact same approach to your career because you have a product. That's your skill set, your processes, your experience, your expertise, and the unique way that you solve problems. Now you just need to figure out what kinds of problems that product is really well suited to solve and which of those problems are really high priority, AKA the kind of problems that people will happily pay you a lot of money to solve. And if you were doing the strategy project, would you go into your final meeting with just one option to present? Of course not. You would present a variety of different options and strategies. So I want you to do the same thing for yourself generate a bunch of options, talk to people, do research, get creative, find options that you didn't even know existed. Because guess what? It is a big, big world out there. And there are whole industries built around things that you have never even heard of. And in that big, big world are many perfect customers for you, the product. You just have to go out and find them. Now here's way number five, that people get stuck in their career search. You think that you can't have it all. You're clear on what you want, you know you're qualified to do it, you know there's demand for what you offer, but you can't have it all, or so says your brain. You'll have to take a pay cut, you'll have to give up work-life balance, you'll have to move to a location you don't like. All of these are just fancy ways of saying you have to give something up to get what you want. And this thought will keep you stuck if you treat it as a fact of life that you just have to solve around, rather than treating it as a hypothesis that you rigorously try to disprove before you accept it. Because 99% of the time, people think I can't have it all, and then they just get to work reconciling themselves to this sad fact. And I don't want you to do that. I want, I want you to hear yourself say, I can't have it all and get to work proving that false. How can you have it all? How can you do what you want without the pay cut? How can you do what you want 
and be home for dinner every day? How can you do what you want from the city that you want to be in? Point your brain at solving the problem, not at accepting it as a given. In this way, even if you ultimately decide that you do want to accept certain trade-offs, and notice that I said you want to accept them, not that you have to accept them, you'll be much happier doing so when you've thoroughly explored all the options and you're choosing this way forward, not being forced into it. Trade-offs only keep you stuck when you accept them as a sad fact of life without testing them and truly exploring and choosing between all the possibilities. Here's way number six that people get stuck. You try to figure it out by thinking, not doing. So you broadly know what you want, you've come up with some options for what you could do next, and now you're stuck. You're making endless pro-con lists, you've asked everyone else what they think, you pick something, and then you change your mind two hours later. You're waiting for the lightning bolt of clarity to strike you, and it's just not coming. If this is you, you need to figure this out by doing, not thinking. No more theoretical exercises and hypothetical discussions. You need to gather real-world data. Here's how to do it. First, rank your options by lowest investment to start to highest investment to start. For example, when I was thinking of leaving my corporate job, I considered becoming a novelist. That was the lowest investment to start. If you want to be a novelist, you can just open your laptop and start writing a novel. The next option I considered was becoming a coach. And that was the next highest investment to start because I could join a coaching certification program while I kept working at my day job. I also considered doing training and development type of roles at big companies. And that was the next level investment because then I would have to start prepping and interviewing for those kinds of roles. And another thing I considered was getting a PhD and becoming an academic. And that was the highest investment thing to get started with. There's a lengthy application process, it's very expensive, and you kind of have to finish the PhD to get the benefits of doing the PhD. Now, once you've ranked your options by highest, lowest investment to highest investment, here's what you have to do next. You have to actually start doing the lowest investment option. Notice that I didn't say try out doing it, dabble in it, do more research on it, none of those things. You need to actually start doing it. Give yourself a time frame and fully commit and do the thing because you will learn way more by actually doing it than by thinking about it and troubleshooting it in theory. So in my case, I started actually writing short stories and I figured out very quickly that I wasn't good at it and I didn't like it. So then I moved on to my next option and I, and I went and actually got a coaching certification. And I'll tell you, I didn't have a high degree of certainty about coaching. I had lots of concerns and questions and things I wasn't sure about about this path. And once I got started, I just figured out how to resolve them in practice, not in theory. Whatever you decide to start doing, it's not a forever commitment. Do it for a month or two or three, but actually do it. Don't just try it and you'll get way more clarity than if you spent that same amount of time just endlessly trying to decide what to get started with. And here is the last way that people get stuck when they're trying to figure out their next career step. 
You lose confidence when you get no's. You know what you want. You know you can do it well. You know there's demand in the market. You're out there actually doing it. And then you get a no or three no's or 10 no's all in a row. And that's when the self-doubt starts creeping in. You start asking yourself, am I crazy? Am I missing something? Can I actually not have the things I want? Here's the amazing thing about no's. Your reaction to a no tells you exactly where you are wobbly in your own confidence. Because some no's will roll right off your back. You won't ever think about them again. Because those are the places where you're already solid. And some no's will stick in your throat and make you rethink everything. And those are the places where you are still wobbly. And here's how to use your nose to get unstuck rather than more stuck. You have to go to the wobbly place that's been revealed by the no, and you need to make it stronger. Make that thing into an asset, not a liability in your mind. So if someone tells you, hey, you don't have enough experience, you need to build the case for why your fresh eyes and new perspective are actually an asset. Or if someone just doesn't understand what the heck you just pitched them, you need to use that as an opportunity to figure out where you are not clear on what you offer and how you can get even clearer. Or if someone thinks that you're just asking for too much money, you need to build the case for why you are worth every penny and more. If you use your nose, to question and doubt yourself, you'll stay stuck. Every random opinion will blow you in a different direction, and it'll be very hard to see something through to the end. But if you use every no to get even firmer and more confident in yourself and what you have to offer, all those no's will become the foundation for future yeses. Because you don't need to get yeses to feel confident. You need to develop the skill of turning other people's nose into deeper confidence and conviction within yourself. Every person that you admire has gotten to where they are through their reaction to hundreds of nose and all those wobbles that they had and all of the recentering that they did to find even deeper clarity and conviction is exactly what builds the confident, successful person that you see today. There is no other path. Growing through the struggles is the only way. So if you're right here in the middle of the struggle, don't worry, you're on exactly the right track. So guys, I just gave you all the answers. So why would you still need a one-on-one -on -one coach? I'll tell you why. Because coaching guarantees follow through. I talked to so many people who are reading books, listening to podcasts, going to webinars, and have no shortage of good ideas rattling around in their brain. But here's the thing. Ideas don't create results. Implementing ideas creates results. And you cannot fail to implement when you have a coach. Because no matter what happens, we will keep troubleshooting and adjusting and trying new things until it's done. You cannot backslide when you have a coach. And people often wonder whether they have the time and the money to invest in coaching. And my question is, 
Do you have the time and money not to invest in coaching? Can you afford not to be making consistent progress on your dreams and goals? Where are you moving slower and less effectively because your fears are getting in the way and you don't have an expert partner to help you resolve them, stay focused, and stay on track every single week? Where are you losing money because you're staying stuck and confused longer than you have to be? This masterclass gives you the map to your destination. Coaching gives you a guide who walks with you every step of the way and guarantees that you cross the finish line. You don't have time to waste. So let's get started today. Book a free coaching consult at the link above.